Hey Cameron. Hey Chad. You ever just want to call a just? Yes. Me too. That one's for you, ladies. Wink, wink. We're single. So I was listening to the comics podcast, <laughs> and uh, and and John Luke pointed out, I oh, and shout out to opinions are cheap because if you guys want to hear unfiltered Chad, you can listen to opinions are cheap. Unfiltered B is not worth listening to ever. <laughs> well, it's also like that's the that's like a really harsh open. It's like wait, it's really funny that Jean Luc just recommended this because somebody's gonna someone's gonna put down Batman number one thousand thirty eight and go, I will listen to opinions are cheap, and that's his first unfiltered Chad moment. So the funny thing about that intro is that I was thinking on the way home. From work today, I was like, you know what would be really funny is if I just opened this show with the most vulgar thing I can get away with saying that, you know, won't won't have people try to dox me. And I feel like it's using the word cunt. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I can't. I can't. I don't. Uh, the, the internet was a mistake. Yeah. But also, um, what's the other thing? Humanity was a mistake, so it kind of washes out even. It's really hard to, like, because I think those things often enough, too, and it's like, I don't want to become a nihilist, but also, like, why, I mean, why, why am I stopping myself? Like, once I die, nothing after that really fucking matters. There's, so, there's a... I get bent out of shape over, like, global warming, and our god, we're throwing all this plastic away, and it's just like, I'm gonna be dead in, like, Probably forty-five to fifty years. I don't, I don't know if I'll live that long. Like, what? What's the fucking point? Of I, was, caring? I was listening to a, a video game podcast, and they did their E3 special. Okay. And they they spent half the episode talking about Cyberpunk twenty seventy-seven, and um, and the 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 quote-unquote controversy about trans representation in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm pretty sure this is a game from the eighties that. Nothing's changed since then, and they're having a long conversation about it. And the whole point they kept driving home was, um, they should they should have politics and they should have more trans representation. And then they finally close the point and the episode ends. So then this week I'm listening to this week's episode and they brought it up again and took a complete opposite stance that people should stop asking for representation in Cyberpunk 2077. And that's it's like a, that's a hard flip. It was like the same guy, and he was trying to make a different point, but he's so in, he's so inarticulate with his um his messaging and his word choices that I don't know what he actually believes anymore. Huh? Because he might not believe either of these things, and he's trying to make a different point. That's kind of interesting, though, because you don't know where he stands, and you're just like, oh, I guess like maybe yeah, every every episode's like a jack in the box. So what what's that? What's that? That um gay Taylor Swift song you guys were talking about? Oh, uh, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. He kept quoting, you guys need to calm down, in that he he wants the cyberpunk genre to take off, so he wants this one to not be controversial so that it sells better so that we can have more robots in video games and it's not all just Warcraft orcs. Man, I got a couple things that we could spin off on this. The one, because you said, you mentioned like back in the 80s things really haven't changed, right? Like, Which isn't true, but also... I just finished reading Moby Dick, and at the end of the book, there's a couple, there's 
three different reviews for the book that were published in like 1850-something when it came out. Okay. And those are really funny to read because the first review complained that the book was um, too heathenish and like against religion for no reason at all. It was just for shock value. Like Carmen Melville was some kid who thought it would be funny. to It was clickbait. Yeah. And, and, you know, to me, I'm reading the book now, and, like, the whole point of the book is that Ahab wants to kill God. That is why it's an interesting book, is that he's on this quest to metaphorically murder a god he believes in. Otherwise, he's just a crazy person. Um, so that review was funny. The other review was upset that a lot of the main characters were basically people of color. Uh, all the harpooners are, are dark-skinned individuals from all around the world. And he was like, you know, I can't believe Melville put more of these heathen barbarians in his books again. I don't know why he's got such a thing for that. You know, so this this review is upset that there's, you know, a repre- other representation in it that isn't just, it's not just white people. Then the third review is just like, this book is written for shit. Why would anybody read this? This is the worst thing I've ever read. Um, which is a little more debatable. Like, yeah, you cannot like the writing style. But the other two things what really kind of struck me is like, God, it has been... Humanity has gone on a journey since this was written, and even before that. And it was kind of uplifting in that regard. But also, I can also, you know, turn on the news and just be completely disappointed in my fellow man. When when I said nothing changed since the 80s, I meant, like, the cyberpunk rules. Oh! Okay, so that's... Th- this my game other is, thing... This game is based on the tabletop game. That's and, I, I, it's a tabletop game? Yeah, and there's, like, there, there's literal rules for just... So first of all, there, there's a history about in, in the future, there's a part where there's like a global corporate war. And at the end of the corporate war, there's like one corporation that rules the world now. And that's that's a theme of the storytelling. But additionally, there's also a lot of body modification and robot stuff. And you can just buy different parts and change your gender at a marketplace if you want to. Like that's in 1.0 of the book. I wonder how much that would cost. Um, it's it's affordable. The technology is oh, available. It's just that—that that was my point. Was the people are acting like they've never heard of cyberpunk before, and it's like, hey, you're allowed to not have heard of it, but before you talk about it for an hour, do like a five-minute Google search on what you're talking about. Like, if um, who's calling me? Stop calling me. I use my phone for notes now, but now it keeps. Um, what was I talking about? It's like when, when the Lord of the Rings movies came out, if someone was like, they, they have a short character and they call him a dwarf. Is Peter Jackson racist against short people? And it's like, oh, maybe he's using source material. You got to look into it for five minutes. My, yeah. My thing with cyberpunk, I'm looking for, there's this image someone shared and it was basically like the cyberpunk aesthetic. And I can't find the image, but it was a guy with, um... He had a white guy with dreadlocks, but they were, like, neon colors. He had a, a green gas mask on, no shirt, but, like, duct tape over his nipples. And he, and the person who shared it was like, I think this aesthetic's kind of cool. And I'm looking at it and going, how could I describe this character in prose without it being a joke? Because it's really stupid. And I feel like it kind of works visually because there's a lot of bright colors, and it, if it fits in, it you know maybe you can make it work. But in general, oh no, I don't have. Okay, I was gonna send you a screenshot I took from Second Life, and I don't have the screenshot anymore. I found um, there's a lot of really cool cyberpunk themed like roleplay sims on Second Life. Okay. And one of them was like heavily uh, 
like Far East themed. So there's a lot of like Japanese and Korean like soda pop signs and things. And um and they're like there was this cute park that had like hologram cherry petals that would blow in the wind. Um and there's like no plant life in the whole city, but there's these like hologram cherry trees and things. Okay. And it was really like inspiring. Nobody was there. No one used the sim anymore, but I discovered it kind of late. I was like, wow, this is so cool. I took a bunch of photos because I had this cool cyberpunk like robot character. And I was so like impressed with how the pictures were coming out because the world was built so pretty that I didn't have to do much to make the screenshots look good. Nice. And I don't have any of them now. That must have been on my old hard drive. It's a bummer. I don't I don't hate the aesthetic. I just think it is it is such a visual aesthetic. I don't know how you could easily describe what some of these characters look like in prose without here, let me send you a picture. Okay. This one's actually not that bad. But like if you were gonna if you were gonna write this character into a book, how would you how would you even approach it? Well, I mean, she looks like someone from Hot Topic. She looks a little more extreme than Hot Topic. No, I've I've seen like this person working at Hot Topic. Oh. Okay, for the listener, she's um Well I wanna vampire? try <laughs> I wanna yeah. try like describing it. Okay, yeah, you, um, you do it. You have you have fun with this. So she uh, uh I'm my words are failing me. I feel like there's a simple and elegant way to portray complexities. Um there's there's a neon green juxtaposed with a pale and monochrome sad girl. I feel uh, like that doesn't get to the core of it. You're on the right track. I, you know, those are those are correct things. She's got a fishnet shirt. Mm-hmm. And boy, yeah, my words are failing me. She, she looks like if a spider lady fucked a green pool no- noodle. <laughs> is not how I would describe her in a book, but it is how I'm describing her now. But she's got she's she's got uh you know she's got green dyed hair which is cool but then she's also got like green tubes of different shades of green and black on her headdress thing which has goggles but the goggles are biohazard symbols so you couldn't probably see out of them she's got a bit green lipstick going straight down between her lips the other halves are there are black uh, I, I, you know, she's just a it's just a weird get up i don't know how you so I want to. I want to send you this. Uh, she she's going to a rave. I want to show you yes. a screenshot from Cyberpunk 2077, and then you describe this. This is from Cyberpunk 2077. Yes, this is what. Okay, Cyberpunk well, it looks is. like something from. Oh, it looks like a Grand Theft Auto screenshot. Yeah, that's what Cyberpunk is. Oh, that's not that's not as cool as that picture they showed with the <laughs> all the colors and stuff. So it's like. There's this redneck guy with a trucker hat, and he has a he has a robot shotgun, and he has like a there's a car in the background that doesn't look like a modern car, but it's got wheels, so it's not like a hover car. And then there's like a a pregnant lady like yelling at him. Yeah, and he's just kind of in a slummy part of the neighborhood. His house needs new siding, but it's also got a funny angle on the roof, so you know it's from the future. Yeah, and there's like a weird metal thing coming out of the top that isn't like a dish. It looks more like a well, it's like solar panels that rotate. Yeah, I mean it's a, you know it's an engaging screenshot. It's just like 
I guess the few pieces of promotional footage I saw for Cyberpunk 2077 or whatever it's called. So uh, this we're not is funny. When they first showed the very first trailer for Cyberpunk, this is the screenshot people pulled and said, this doesn't look like Blade Runner at all. Where's the rain? Where's the night? And it's like, I'm pretty sure there is daytime in Blade Runner land. They just don't show it in that one movie. God, that's and really then, funny. On top of that, they made a sequel to Blade Runner, and there's parts in that movie that have daytime, and nobody complained about that. I kind of like the idea of Cyberpunk does take place in a day where there's no, or an area where there is no day because they also augmented the weather. And so it's like, no, it's night all the time. Or just there's so much, like, smog and stuff that the sunlight doesn't come through, you know, clear. I mean, that's, that, that's a little more sad. I think, that doesn't involve humans controlling the literal weather. So I think for Cyberpunk, to me, there are two key themes. And the first has to be, there has to be, like, cyborg um, technology present. Okay. And there has to be sad. And sad can come in the form of humanity lost through cyber augmentation. Or humanity lost through, like, over-corporation control. And, like, every everything's, like stories where, like, people have a dollar value and it's, like, it gets to a point where they're not worth living anymore because they're not worth enough. Sure. Those can be cyberpunk themes. For some no, people... Those are good themes. The third thing has to be rain. <laughs> but it's that's fine. You're allowed to think that, too. It's like, the screenshot I sent you is more of what I think, right? Where it's, it's two guys, there's a lot of neon, they, they don't look like they're, they're particularly happy. One of them's got, like, metal tubes coming out of him. And I'm just like, okay, this is a cyberpunk game, right? Like this, and maybe it's like a cliche or whatever, but it is, if I'm thinking cyberpunk as a visual, it is more along the lines of this. But okay, so let's go back to the redneck one. Okay. Imagine a, a screenshot of a new game and there's like a redneck guy there and he has a shotgun, but he also has like long pointed ears. And it's like, guys, it's Lord of the Rings 2000. That'd be... Actually, Weird. I kind of I want to play that now that I think about it. I don't. It I don't hate it though, right? Like an <laughs> yeah, I don't elf hate with it. a gun instead of a, a a bow. I thought I would hate it more, but then I ended up not hating it. My and bad. all the dwarves have like little riot shields. Did you see? Um, and the Belrog is a fucking like transformer thing. Like it's like this monstrosity of car parts. Yeah, it's on fire and there's smoke coming out of it, and it's and oh it's man, like a, no, it's like a forgotten. Uh, it's a forgotten like car crushing machine that's like in the junkyard state that's abandoned. And it's like we got to travel through there, and it's like no, it's the Junkotron five thousand, and it has its cool chain whip that's on fire. That's rad. And then like the Gandalf character is like this fat biker with a denim jacket, and he's got like chains come falling down off him. Uh and instead of having like a magic wand or whatever, he's got a wrench because he's a mechanic and he can just like fix shit. See, yeah, that would be fun. I can I don't hate this idea. We could, this could be a thing. Did you see Bright on no. Netflix? I did not. Are you, you familiar told me that with movie Bright? Was bad. Yeah. Are you familiar with it? I'm familiar enough to know that you told me it's bad. So it's like it's modern day times, but if elves and fairies are real. Yeah, okay. And it's like urban it, fantasy. Yeah, it's this urban fantasy movie and it's about like the first orc that got accepted into the police department. And it's like, it's a really heavy-handed and poorly handled algorithm or analogy for um like racism. Mm -hmm. But it's also kind of fun for me to think about. Like, what if there was a police department that was centaurs? 
And they all had, like, matching centaur police uniforms. They'd trot around, keeping everybody safe. You could ride on the centaurs, and it would be a policeman on top of a policeman. So then Pixar's new movie is that, and, like, there's one cute shot of, like, here's a peaceful neighborhood, but then there's, like, a, a, a lady jogging down the street, but she's a centaur. And it's like, okay, a centaur going for a jog is cute, but I've seen that. I've seen it before. And it's like, I realized, no, I'm already bored with this concept. I saw one movie that did this, and I'm already over it. Wait, wait, Pixar's got a new movie coming out, and there's centaurs in it? Yes. What'd you say it was called? I don't. I didn't say what it's called. It's Up oh. To. What? It, I'm sorry, it's Up To, colon, The Limit, but you say it like Up To The Limit, and it's confusing. I got hooked up. I, I just put this... Up. I can't find it. Yeah, so I'm, 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 are you <laughs> making shit up? It's called Onward. Okay, because what you just said didn't sound like very Pixar-y, but also it was a uh, it was a really good 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 goof, making me look a fool. I, I had to I had to commit to it because it's like, well, I'm this far, I may as well keep going. No, no, this is why <laughs> I, I like and respect you. No one likes or respects me. So I I do I both of those things to you. All right, but times change. Hey, it's a plane. Okay, this is kind of cute so far. Oh, yeah, there's your centaur. Have you seen Gravity Falls yet? No, not yet. At one point, there's a visual gag, and it's called the centaur-tar, and it's pretty great. Ah, garden gnomes mowing. I I don't know what to think about this. Like, it, it feels very Pixar-y, but it doesn't feel as Pixar-y as it should. Honestly... This looks it feels like, like a DreamWorks movie. Well, that's what I was gonna say. This looks like a DreamWorks movie, but better made. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. I'm not gonna see it in theaters. It's like unicorns got in the trash. That's the joke. It's what if because unicorns are a menace because they're so common. Yeah, I don't. It really, really feels like a DreamWorks movie. <laughs> and maybe this. Maybe this trailer's not doing a good job of, like, selling it, right? This is a teaser. Um, I'm sure there's more to see. I just... Cometh soon. I, f- I feel like I've seen fan art where someone's like, I have this cute idea, what if a centaur went for a jog? And I'll see the picture and go, oh, that is cute. And then I'm done with it. And yeah. so seeing that in me- in movie, it's kind of like, oh, someone else checked Twitter that day also, I see. <laughs> not Not to be dismissive of it, but it's just... Something about it is, like, already boring me. <laughs> That's just a little teaser. Is it, is it the movie, or is it us getting older? Because it is, uh, by and large, a kid's movie. It is, but then what was that other, like, I, just, I feel like I just saw a kid's movie trailer that got me excited. Was like, oh, I'll see that. That looks cute. Hmm. I don't remember. But, I mean, I, I know I'm old and pessimistic compared to, like, seven-year-old me, but... Like, I'm not excited for Toy Story 4 at all. Yeah, well, yeah, I feel like 3 ended, though. Yeah. Like, 3 ended just right where I don't want to see Um, I didn't really care that much for 3, Oh, either, so, there's a new Trolls movie. And the first Trolls was really good, so it's like, oh, I want to see Trolls 2. And I feel like I shouldn't say that the same year that I'm saying, I don't want to see Pixar's Onward. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. It... Well, it's weird, right? Because, like, okay, Zootopia, which isn't Pixar, but... You know, same kind of thing. It's like, here's a world that everything is animals. How do they cope? How do they make it work? And so this feels like, it's like, well, instead of zoot animals, we'll do mystical creatures. And I don't know, like, there's been so much 
Both of those things have had a lot of, of, of stories involved with them. I don't oh, know man. why I was excited for Zootopia, whereas this doesn't interest me that much. Well, Zootopia was cute and charming, but well, there were also... better character designs, too, right? Yeah, but there was also, like, the kind of jokes that you know you're going to see. Like, there's a line of lemmings, and it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Or there's a scene where, like, there's some small animals, and they're getting on a bus... And then it pans over, and there's, like, a bigger bus door, and the elephant gets on it, and then the bus, like, tips towards the elephant. Yeah. And it's like, I bet there's going to be a scene in Onward where a bunch of little gnomes get on a bus, and it pans back, and then there's, like, a giant, and the giant gets on the bus, and it tips towards the giant. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, I can almost... I can imagine, after seeing the mermaid in the little swimming pool and the centaur jogging, it's like, I think I can write this movie... What would really interest me is if they did a lot of research on, like, the lore of these magical creatures and tried to incorporate that in there, because most of it's dark as shit and weird, and I don't know, I would appreciate that. I mean, even, like, J.K. Rowling has a lot of magical creatures in Harry Potter, but she's definitely done enough research on them to make it work. Like, I feel like the you kind of get what she's talking about when she introduces centaurs and has them you know, drag away Dolores Umbridge. Then you find out, like, oh, I guess in old folklore, centaurs really liked raping women. And it's like, oh, that poor Dolores. Uh, you know, like, there, there's, like, a reason, you know, for how she put that in there. And if you if you go a little further, you, you, you get it. So, um, honestly, I don't know how to do this, but this is what they should do when they have the live-action version of The Little Mermaid. They're going to do that, aren't they? they well, they're going to do that, but they should like completely retell the story and be a lot more faithful to like how tragic and twisted and dark their real story is. I think so. I, but it also, it's a kid's movie. doesn't need to be tragic and dark, right? Well, like, but, but that's the thing. Like they have to do it in a way that's not billed as a kid's movie. Like they have to, they have to admit like, Hey, we're banking off nostalgia. There's a bunch of like uh, self-entitled fat white guys doing podcasts right now. Let's make a movie for them because they're the ones that are going to pay to see it anyway so that they can blog about it. But I feel like we don't make... Our demographic doesn't get these movies to a billion dollars. It's the kids and the parents. We are just the ones upset, but we still pay to go see them. Well, I don't know. I went to see Dumbo and the kid and the parent walked out before I did. <laughs> but <laughs> Disney still got their money. Also, I don't know if Dumbo's a good example because... But, okay, but still. Yeah. I... I want it, to. It's kind of like that Krampus movie. Do you remember Krampus? Yeah, the was evil it, Santa. What if it was a? It's a Christmas movie, but then it's not so jolly. This Christmas, come see Krampus, just like those clickbait articles you've been reading for the last ten years. Well, what's annoying is that Futurama basically did that right with the uh, robot Santa that killed people. Uh, yeah, Krampus is a lot older than that, though. I know. Oh, yeah, I'm guessing this took its inspiration. Futurama took inspiration from Krampus. But when I see trailers for that, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's like that Futurama episode. I don't need to see this movie. <laughs> well, I love. I, I um, it was good though. There was a guy at work that, uh, you know how I have a, like kind of dark sense of humor sometimes. No, Cam, but I don't. So at work, <laughs> whenever I, someone will say something, and I'm trying to fit in by pretending to be happy, but it's like uh -huh. I can only pretend so hard. When I have one of those moments, sometimes like someone will say like, "And we're gonna, we're all gonna go out, and we're gonna have bowling tonight," and I'll go, "Woo!" And this one guy we hired on once, like he pulled me aside afterwards, like after the third time, he heard me do that "woo" sound, and he was like, 
are you are you doing that sound on purpose? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like, are you are you just do you make a woo sound, or are you referencing that Futurama? And I was like, no, I'm referencing that Futurama. I want to die. <laughs> And he was like, really? And I was like, yes. <laughs> like... <laughs> and then it, it became a thing where me and him would both do that woo thing. And we just like, like, like we'd say goodbye in the morning. And it's like, I'm going to go downstairs and get my coffee. Go, woo. Woo. <laughs> woo. And it's, hey, Futurama's fun. Futurama's fun. If we, if we talked about anything worthwhile so far tonight, I can't tell if we're just like, pretending to be intellectuals or if we have interesting things to say i i don't i i think those things are both uh mutually beneficial i guess oh i want to talk so i wrote down a couple little talking points yeah yeah because you actually had Um, an idea for a topic this week not a full topic but something i want to talk about okay but my first thing um did i tell you about the the wow patch coming out next week with the the robot uh no i don't think so so there's a cyberpunk island Oh, no, everybody's doing it this time. So, you know where the you know where the gnomes come from? How much gnome lore do you know? Um, gnome Reagan is where they come from, right? No, I mean like the origin of species gnome. Oh God, I have no idea. So the the titans that created Azeroth, anyways, like the whole creation mythology, they put robots on the planet to oversee the planet. And then okay. Cthulhu turned the robots into flesh, and that's how we got humans and dwarves and gnomes. Okay. So, the one of the Titan gods was like a was a gnome like robot, like literal machine robot, not just a stone golem, but like literal gears and bolts and things. And so, when that species got turned into flesh, that's where gnomes come from. So they live deep in the core of the planet. And slowly, like, kind of got forced up because of, like, rivalry, political reasons that kept, like, expanding out. And when they came up, it was called E-Day. Yes. So, uh, excuse me. The gnomes, like, the playable gnomes are from Nomergon, which was, like, a little city of gnomes that got completely destroyed. And it's like, well, I guess we'll just live with the dwarves now. Blah, blah, blah. Nothing happens. There's, like true blood gnomes that are still living in the core of the planet they want to fuck vampires and werewolves and they can do it now because they invented like robot limbs and they've been like turning themselves into cyborgs to become more machine like because that's what's natural for them are they still tiny yes oh my god that's amazing so there's this whole thing about like oh we gotta find mechagon the origin of the gnome home planet in the center of the planet we gotta find mechagon so there's this big patch where you actually find Mechagon. There's this island that's over... It's, like, run over by machinery gone wild. And there's this huge, like... You know how big, uh... Um... What's that big dungeon? The big magic castle? Uh, that Medivh lives in? Car- Karazhan. Yeah, Karazhan. So, Mechagon is gonna be a Karazhan-style dungeon, but even bigger. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. But there's also this whole, like, island overworld with a bunch of machine quests and things. You're making me want to play. This sounds really fun. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of neat. Like, honestly, my, my WoW character is, like, an engineer anyways. So there's going to be so many, like, cool... Like, there's swords and, and hammers that just look like engineer tools. Oh, you here's should some... do a... 
You should do a, a comic where you got a gnome, and then uh, your Torin character makes her watch Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and then and then she sees Mechagodzilla and just gets like a giant boner. <laughs> and then that's that's it. This is uh, that that's the whole comic. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to find a picture of one of the cyborg guys. Here it is. Oh, and then, and or you can keep going. Like, where'd you get the penis? And she's like, I augmented it with 500 rupees in Cyberpunk 2077. Because <laughs> 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 you'd hit all of the jokes, and eventually someone would be mad that you did that. Yay, we did it! Oh, these are cool look looking guys. Yeah, they are. So they're like the goggles. So one of the really cool elements of this is that. Uh, there's a new kind of uh, trinket gear. You know how you have like two trinket slots. Uh huh. So one of them is it's like a it's programming logic. So there are these two parts that are both punch cards, and you put both the punch cards into this machine. And so basically, you get a, an if statement, and then a result statement. Okay. So you'll you'll get a loot drop and it's an if statement. It's like when you're when your health is down to twenty five percent dot 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 and you punch that in and then you get another one that says, um, heal everyone within fifty yards by X amount and you slot that in and now you have your own custom made trinket. Oh wow. And so there's like there's like five different ifs and then five different thens. So it's That's kind really of clever. It's a clever, cute thing. I don't think any of them are too like overpowered, but it's a fun thing to kind of experiment with because you can like you can just try different things or work with what you have. And it's like you know this is the kind of stuff I want to see in an expansion. Yeah, because it's fun. It's, it's the kind of thing you don't come up with the first round, but when you're like a few expansions deep, you're like, hey, you know what would be cool? What if we did this? And you just go do it. Yeah. It feels fresh and neat. So yeah, good on good on Blizzard. I, it's crazy like how they're still keeping that train going and, and actually introducing things that I don't. You explain them to me, and I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I I kind of wonder. Um, I was talking to somebody, and this root beer is making me gassy. I was talking to somebody about a uh, Final Fantasy and how like i think my my hardest part of going back to wow after playing final fantasy is that it just doesn't look good sure like wow looks very old even with the graphic updates but the thing is with wow they'll put in content updates where it's like oh there's a whole island of stuff that i want to get i guess i could spend a whole month here at least yeah and in final fantasy they'll do a patch and it's like wow a whole half hour of cutscenes get the popcorn <laughs> I like that last Final Fantasy clip picture you sent me because it looks like the characters are doing the sex. Yeah, they're both um, they're both those handsome cat men. How did how did you frame that? Like, I don't imagine they're actually having the sex. Um, let me take a closer look here. Oh, so this is really clever. Um, did I show you that screenshot with the the lady holding a hat? Uh, you maybe actually did. I don't know. So in this one. Okay. The, the guy there, he's if you're on a bed, you can do a pose where you kind of relax on the bed. But in the camera tool, you can actually twist the head, and you can also set the facial expression. <laughs> so he has the one guy looking that way, and then the other guy is doing push-ups, but then they put a different... Yeah. A different angle there. That's let me, funny. Let me find the hat one. That's, I know, that's I, funny. Here it is. That's in my Discord. So this is kind of funny. You have to look at the bottom 
half of this picture first because it's in reverse order here. But there's a screenshot. This won a contest for screenshots. And it looks like this lady in her in her like summer wear is holding a beach hat and on a sunny day and just this really nice beach shot. And then you look at the top part and they got it by getting a midget to wear the hat and do push-ups and clip through her body so that the hat lines up there. Because normally you can't just make your character hold a hat. Okay. And it's like, wow, who thought of that? Like, it's the perfect height <laughs> and everything. That is such a good screenshot. And then it's, it's like, really, it looks that's very so, clever. It's so goofy um, to get it to work out that way. People are, are way smarter than me, but then they apply that to stupid things. And I'm just like, you know what? This, this makes the world a little better in the end. I'm fine with this. Or maybe that's a cynical way to look at it. Maybe I'm. No, that's fair. Oh, excuse me. What else did we want to talk about? Um, you were going to talk about uh, political comics. So did you... Uh, yeah, that's right now. Did you hear about the New York Times? Yeah, you told me that they're not doing political cartoons anymore. So what's funny to me... Political cartoons are a weird spot because I love them. Because I love cartoons. I love the art of cartooning. I love telling a telling a story through imagery. Right. Um, I mean, you know how many cartoons I draw. I draw on stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So, as someone who loves, like, freedom of speech and information and um, especially on the internet where it's so easy to get those messages out, as well as my appreciation for art and the art of cartooning, when the New York Times said they weren't going to do cartoons anymore, I was kind of like, yeah, good riddance. I, I there's a there's a major flaw with political cartoons and that flaw is that they don't actually get any information out. I see a lot of my uh or a handful of my more liberal friends will share them on Facebook and I usually look at it and it's just like, huh, I that sure is a gotcha that only liberals will ever actually think is a gotcha. Th- they're they're, they're literally, they're literally, and this has always been like you can go back in history, all the way to like the second presidency run in the U.S. Political cartoons have always been kind of confirmation bias that is based on you understanding the story that they're talking about and already understanding what the message is. There's yeah. never like you could at the, you could go to New York Times and you could become a writer for the New York Times. And you could write the most slanted, biased article ever, but you still have to cite your source. You know, you still have to explain things like yeah. dates or reference anything. And with the political cartoon, it's like, look, I drew Donald Trump, but he's 500 pounds. And he's at the grocery store and he says, I, I want to eat civil liberties next, please. I have Let me label it so you don't miss the metaphor. Do you get it now? So, okay, here's one I just pulled, because I clicked on his page and just scrolled down until I found one. And, uh, it's the Iran nuclear deal that's ripped up. Trump's look very up, looking very upset. This one guy's like, what was so bad in the Iran deal? Trump goes, Obama's signature. And wah, it's like, wah, 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 wah. And so, <laughs> part of me agrees with that, but I'm also very predisposed to agree with that. But, also, but it's also, oh, it's not telling you anything that you don't already agree with. Yeah. Like, if if someone came to you, Chad, and said, Hey, Chad, will you write a political cartoon? You might have come up with this. Yeah. Um, that's kind also, of the problem. If they're, 
they're generally really ugly to look at. So, back to the New York Times one. I saw the most, like, egotistical, like, self, <laughs> self, um, what's the word? It, this is such a sad comic. I really hate that this exists because this person did it sincerely. Um, I just sent it to you, but I'm going to read it out loud. There's a museum of history, and there's a bunch of, like, crumbled pillars, and they're labeled the pillars of democracy. And then uh, that's to the left, but over to the right, there's another exhibit called the political cartoonist. And there's a cartoonist, like, drafting in a box. And this guy at the museum is like, oh, yeah, they all died off around 2019. And to insinuate that this guy losing his job as a political cartoonist represents the crumbling of the pillars of democracy. It seems a little extreme. (laughs) It's a little extreme. (laughs) It's like, oh, maybe this comic is why you're getting fired, dude. What? (laughs) It's It's like that Pokemon Go one. You've seen that, right? That famous one. Um, which one? There's there's this a guy, there's like an old man and then a little boy and like he's tucked into bed and the old man's reading a storybook to him and he says Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water and then the little boy is like to fetch a crummy pail of water they should be fetching pokemon creatures. Oh, yeah. And it is like it's so it, it, it's basically like he could have gotten the same message across by just getting a square and labeling it. I'm 65 years old today. There's um, there's a, a thread on Reset Arrow that was basically just about like baby boomers doing political cartoons, and most of them were kind of like that. We're like, well, I'll just reference Pokemon Go because that was that's it's, the current thing people yeah, are talking about. It's topical, so. I'm trying to find a Family Guy clip, because I know there's one where I think they go through multi- a bunch of u- different universes, and they wind up in a place, and there's like a, it's like a political cartoon, and it zooms out, and it's like this really busy, messy-looking thing, and the Statue of Liberty's in it, and and Brian starts laughing, and Stewie's like, this doesn't mean anything, well, yes. well, tell me what this means, and Brian's just like, oh, you know, it's just, it's really funny, you just gotta yeah, get it. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, and there's another one where it's like, well, wait, now this guy's just eating super porridge that says the Iran deal, and it's like, oh, that'll that'll get people to wake up, and Stewie's just, like, staring at him. Yeah. So I found and what I, I like, okay. and I realized I like this one because it has very minimal, like, labeling and words, and it allows you to just look at the picture and soak I mean, it in. Important, important, that's right? Well, that's it's the cartoon. art of it. Yeah. Instead of labeling things and having stuff, it's just, it's Trump sitting at the desk, and, like, his general is, like, on pins and needles just staring at him. And in front of Trump, like, he's staring off into space, but there's only two buttons. And one of them is tweet, and one of them is nuke. And that's it. There's no words. There's nothing else. It's just, oh, that's all he does. We're just kind of waiting for what is he going to do next. And you get what he's... You get what the artist is trying to convey. And it's done a little more intelligently. Yeah, that one's that one's pretty all right. I mean... I, th- I think the thing with political cartoons is I don't know if any of them have ever actually made me laugh, right? Well, they're not... I don't think they're supposed to make you laugh. I feel like they're set up as, like, a joke punchline, like a one-panel joke. And the joke is sort of like, huh, things are really bad right now. I, I feel like they're designed to be clipped out, and then you can hang them in your cubicle at work. I feel like that makes... I don't know if I would trust someone who would do that have a political um, cartoon in their cubicle. You ever read the political cartoons in The Onion? Are there? 
Yeah, they're. I bet they're, those are good. Well, they're they're brilliant because they're they're just political cartoons. It's the same thing where there's always like a labeled guy and a clearly done message. But what's really brilliant about them is the running gags, because, and this is again why I hate political cartoons. I love and hate them, but this is why I hate them. One of the running gags is in the bottom right corner. There's always a self-portrait of the of the author, who's like adding even more commentary, even though you already got the message. <laughs> and it's always stuff like, there, there's always um, the average American is a bald white man. There's always the Statue of Liberty, but she's always crying. She's either crying tears of joy or sorrow, but she's always crying. And then there's always um, there's one more element I can't remember. But it's just it's it's the same stuff every single time, and they're all labeled and they're really plain and boring, and they're also like really bad takes on things. Sure. So it'll be like, um, oh, what'd you send me? Okay, I sent you one that I'm looking at this, and I feel like if you removed Trump and the other dude in the text, this would be a good political cartoon. But because Trump is in it, and because there's text, and because there's another guy, it's just kind of lame. Yeah, it's, like you said, it's kind of, if you already feel that way, it's like, yep, this guy gets it. Yeah. I just googled, like, political cartoons and images, and, and most of them, I hate, I really don't like the art style in a lot of these. They're just, just ugly. They're, yeah, that's kind of a trademark. Um, Did I tell you when I used to be a political cartoonist? No, I didn't know you actually did that at all. So, um, this was after I lost my job. And I think I was, yeah, I was still going to college, but I, I needed a job still. And I'm running out of options for jobs and no one's taking anything. But it's like, well, maybe I can make my resume look better. And my mom suggested an internship. And then she found uh, there's a local senator that needs interns. So it's like, okay, maybe I could be an intern for him. They want interns that are political focused because you don't pay the interns but you get like college credits towards your political program okay so i went there and i said look i'm not studying politics um but i i noticed one of the things you're looking for is you you want political ad or political cartoons that you can put in your uh, weekly newsletter so i can do like local topics that the, the way political cartooning works is there's like a database where you put your comics and then anyone can go to that database and they find one they want. And it's like, okay, we'll buy this one and we'll print it in our newspaper. So someone at the New York times is Googling Pokemon go, uh, we'll use that one. And then they print it in order to get in that database. You have to be a published cartoonist. Okay. So the idea is they're not doing local stories in this big directory. I'll do a bunch of local story comics. You publish my comics, and then I can get in on this. And they're like, that's a great idea, Cameron. Come on I in. I never fucking knew this about you. So I was doing weekly political cartoons about local stories. And each time, I would there'd be, a, there'd be a story on Monday. And I would go in and say, Cameron, can you draw a picture of this guy? Um, And like, just read this story. It's crazy. And I'd read it, and it's like, yeah, I can. So I'd, I'd draw a picture of someone, and it's not very flattering, and there's a clearly labeled thing, and it's a political cartoon. It's like, yeah. here you go. And I hand it off to the guy. It's like, whoa, that's great. 
and then you'd forget to put it in the newsletter. So next week, hey, could, we, there's no news stories. Can you do something? So I was like, okay. So I Googled news stories, and it's like, well, well, CNN says that Republicans are evil. Let me let me see. Um, da, da, da. okay. Andrew, I I was happy with how this one looked. Um, there's a there's a creepy looking like ugly reporter, and he's sticking a head into this guy's house. Like he's coming in through the window. Okay. He's got a microphone, and he's like, "Excuse me, sir, could I get your opinion?" And the guy's sitting on his couch, and he's like, "Well, hold on, let me check." And he's pointing at CNN, and the reporter was labeled CNN. Mm-hmm. And it was like, "Oh, this is uh, this is kind of clever. I think this is cute." So I give it to him. The guy's like, "Oh, dude, this is great." And then he forgot to put it in the newsletter. Oh my god! So this went on for eight weeks. Um, it got to the point where I I wasn't submitting comics anymore. I was just drawing like Dragon Ball Z fan art. <laughs> one of the guys like really loved that so he kept posting it all over the walls <laughs> um and then they ooh, so this is the weird part they had me answering phone calls when i wasn't doing cartooning okay and it's like whatever i don't mind chipping in we moved yeah. offices they fired all the interns i'm not on the intern list so i didn't get the fire letter mm. they also didn't hire new interns so i knew we were moving offices I show up to the new office and no one's there except for like the guy that runs the thing. So I walk in and it's like, but it's a new guy. But I walk in and say, hi, I'm, is this Senator Anderson's office? It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Who are you? And it's like, well, I'm, I'm one of the interns. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's, it's right here. And like, okay. So I like sat at this front desk and people were coming in and asking me questions and leaving paperwork with me. And someone asked me to put together a directory of schools and contact information. And I'm like doing filing and stuff. Oh, jeez. And then I'm doing this for like three hours, and it's like, my three hours are up. And I'm just about to leave, and the guy comes out and says, okay, so I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. Cameron. Okay, Cameron, I just, thanks for coming in today. Um, I just want to say, if you're going to be working the front desk, you can't be wearing jeans. And then I asked, do you know what I'm here for? <laughs> and he said, well, you're, you're one of the interns, right? As I'm Senator Joel Anderson's personal cartoonist. And I pulled up my... I had a folder with my cartoons. And it's like, I, yeah. I do these cartoons. And the guy's looking at it. I was like, what? And I was like, okay. And I just walked out. Sure. I, oh, I never told you. Um, I met the senator once. Oh, really? Yeah. I was I was sitting at a desk somewhere and I was doing something. And like I took a phone call and I had to write down notes. I'm doing this thing and whatever. I'm pretending to be busy. Um, and then he comes out of his office. Um, he went in. He walked into his office in a suit. He came out dressed for golf, and he had his golf bag. And he came back. He came up behind me and like slapped me on the back. He's like, "Doing great, Matt." And walked out the door without <laughs> making eye contact. <laughs> and then I, I was, I wasn't sitting in my seat. I was sitting in Chuck's seat, and I looked at Chuck. I was like, "Chuck, are you Matt?" He was like, "No." <laughs> That's a great story. I'm surprised I hadn't told you that one. I had no idea about that. That's really kind of neat. It's a shame they didn't use any of your comments. I feel like that CNN one could have been timely, like, every day, right? Like, they could have well, just put that in the next one. And well, what I really love about that one is that I could really easily Photoshop out the lettering, and you could put anything in there. Yeah. You could put Kotaku, or you could put um the Daily Beat. Or whatever, like the Daily Bugle. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, and it's yeah. like it kind of works. Like I was really proud of that comic. I wish I still had it, but I like I think I burned all my comics out of frustration. Oh sure. So I found yeah, an I'm onion fine. one. Okay. This was back when Batman versus Superman was in theaters. 
<laughs> okay, so it says, question, Batman versus Superman, who wins? And the answer is, we all do. DC on top with the new box office hit, and Batman is pouring gasoline on the Marvel characters, and they're in a grave. Do you see the artist in the bottom corner there? Just disleague. <laughs> do you see the Statue of Liberty in the back, and she's like crying out of happiness? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here's another I like one. The, I like how this guy's got a shirt that says Grateful Audiences on it. Yes. And then Innocent Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Welfare queens with Democrats in power all take two. Cadillac dealer. And then there's a donkey saying, yes, you can. And then the guy right here in the corner is like, consumer confidence. There's a lot going on in this picture. Yeah, that's that's a running gag. There's always like too much. It, they feel like, they do definitely feel like, he is always in the corner. <laughs> this was kind of funny too I can never tell like what they're trying to like because it's one of those it's like really deep satire right so it's hard to tell like yeah you, exactly you, what they're you kind of pull what you're trying to pull from it um yeah. you, you normally get what the point is but sometimes they're a little vague which works too I feel like that's almost the point of political cartoons but so many of them are just too on the nose now and I think with, yeah. with Trump being who he is it, it, they're just it's kind of gotten lazy so, this is why I kind of told that story about how political cartoons work. This is a symptom of this system, because if someone could do a clever one where you have to stop and think about it, or you can do one where you can read it real quick and you know exactly what the point is, and those are the ones that sell. Yeah. So, the system encourages, I think, this negative behavior. I feel like that's, I mean, that symptom is everywhere, right, as far oh, as... Yeah. We Certainly. don't want to read anything. We don't want to comprehend anything. Like, I feel pretty good that I made it through Moby Dick, because that's a really big-ass, dry-written book, right? And I'm just like, oh, I had the intention span to read this whole thing. I'm still... I still got it. Because uh, it, it, there are some days where it just feels like I can't focus on fucking anything, and I've got, like, a hundred browsers open for no reason whatsoever. And I don't like that that's, like, a normal thing. Right. So here's another one. Hey, this one's that you did, because you got the... Okay, so the dude is behind his desk, his Blizzard PR, and all you have to do is show off all the new features and use quotation marks. He's given a key that says Legion to a guy named Twitch Streamer, and then the real fan is outside crying, and then your character's like, at least some people got to play. <laughs> when, when you read it out loud like that... <laughs> It's like so much worse than just reading a bad cartoon. <laughs> I feel like that 30 seconds of me reading that is someone's personal hell, and they're just like, why would you do this to me? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> so this was when um, people were waiting for beta keys, and the people that normally get beta keys were complaining that they weren't at the same time that everyone on Twitch was streaming the beta. Okay. And I was so tired of hearing this complaint that it's like, wait a minute. The Onion should do a political cartoon. <laughs> so I like traced his art style. Nice. And I'm actually really happy with how this one turned out. Because I'm, I'm showing this side by side with the other ones I sent you. And it's like, wait a minute. I really nailed it two years you, ago. You can really mimic an art style. The The stuff I've seen you do is really impressive. Because you're just like, you know what? I want to I do a comic in this art style. And you'll just like perfectly mimic it. It's crazy. I forgot this other old one. I love I love doing these comic studies. 
Well, he's like your Calvin and Hobbes ones. You do his art style really well. Yeah, those two. But I drew my Torin character, but it's like the exact same panel where Captain America's there, except she's like, Garrosh is my war chief. Oh, that's the Hail Hydra one? Yeah, I got like the background just right yeah. and and the coloring and stuff, and I'm not I'm not actually good at coloring, so it was very hard <laughs> to get it on I'm the at, horns. Oh, I feel bad. I'm asking you to color the, my album art. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do it. I just I have to do it right. I trust you. All right. I am. Oh man, I'm I'm getting I'm really itching to get back into that on the first of July, and I'm just like, oh, I got some more days. Okay, I want to I want to tell one more short story. Okay. Um, did, I don't remember last week. Did I talk about? Did I tell that story from Final Fantasy about the Blue Mages? I'm not sure. I don't think so. <clears throat> so. I I I'm running out of things to do before the expansion next week. And one of the things I was like, wait, I never got around to playing the blue mage class. Did I oh, tell you 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 leveled him up and some guy proposed? Well, that was the whole story. So, oh, sorry. Um, do you, you have a story? That out and, you cut that out and tell the story. Uh, no, honestly, that 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 kind of sounds funnier to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do that then. I mean, it's whatever you decide. Do you have a story to share, Chad? Um, yeah, okay, so, where I work, they the, some of the people started this, like, garden, right? This, like, community garden out, out behind the, the plant. They're, they're planting vegetables and flowers and shit. Everyone was really enthusiastic the first two weeks, and then realized it's work, and now it's kind of not as pretty as it was. And so me and the plant manager are outside walking around, and he's showing me some stuff that I need to get done on the outside of the building. We walk over to the garden. And there's just, like, a couple of marijuana plants growing in it. <laughs> and uh, he starts cracking up. And so, and he takes a picture of it to show to senior leadership as a joke. And so I reach down and I grab some pot leaves and I bring them inside. And I put them on my coworker's desk and just leave them there. And I come back later and he's at his desk. And he's got the pot leaves still on his desk. He's just moved them aside so he can work. And I was like, hey, hey what, 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 kind of, what kind of leaves you got there? He's like, I don't know. Someone just fucking put these leaves on my desk. And I was like, oh, weird, huh? And I walked away, and I was like, how does a 55-year-old man not know what marijuana looks like? <laughs> this dude just got fucking pot leaves on his desk. And I was like, this, nothing bad could happen with this, right? I'm just not going to tell him. This will work itself out. And honestly, what I'm really tempted to do is go out and get dig the whole plant up and put it in a vase and put it in, in my <laughs> office. Because <laughs> I think that would be really funny. I should really do that. I should go buy a cheap vase tomorrow. I like that. Yeah, so that's, that's my that's my marijuana at work story. Do you have a glad space? Uh, yeah. I, uh, YouTube told me I should watch this this video by a guy named Saberspark. I don't know if you're familiar with his channel. No. He talks about cartoons. Um, What is he, it, gay? I don't know. He, 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 he talks about a lot of furry cartoons, so... You know that's my jam. That yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, it, it, it he he does a really good kind of uh, analysis of like why certain cartoons stopped working, or hey, here's a really weird obscure like Indian furry Bollywood movie. Let's watch that and talk about it. Um, he I guess he got his start with with MLP and then kind of branched out to other cartoons when MLP started to die down a bit. The the fandom. Uh, did you did you know that's how uh, Jennifer Nicholson got started? Huh. That's how Jenny Nicholson got started. Oh shit! Really? She was um 
not not to derail your story, but just real quick, she did a uh, it was like a fan thing where they they write joke episodes or something, kind of like the bridged series. Um, it was one of those where she was she was part of a team writing the My Little Pony abridged. Oh, but she also ended up doing all of the voices, okay. and she started her other channel just doing um like it, she was putting up like bloopers and behind the scenes of the pony stuff. Okay. And when that little serious thing kind of died off, she uploaded some random video about her ranting about Harry Potter, and that got more views than anything else she'd ever done. And that's huh. how she started doing these blogs is off of that stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Because this Saberspark dude, like, some of his videos get over a million views. Um, Like, he's, like the one that just came up is, like, top ten worst Nickelodeon cartoons, which is kind of a, you know, okay, they're listicle bullshit, but... He's usually pretty funny enough, and like if he's talking about obscure stuff, it's kind of fun. Um, I've I've really been enjoying his channel. It's just sort of like oh, I got like twenty minutes to kill, and I don't want to think. Well, let's hear this guy talk to about a really weird cartoon for twenty minutes. And uh, I think I think it's it's cool. It's not like super in depth analysis, but there's enough meat there where you're just like, okay, let's look at this as a piece of art that's trying to tell a story and why it either f- succeeds or fails. So I recommend his channel. What was that name again? Uh, Saber Spark. Okay, cool. What about you? You glad about anything? Um, yes. I want to say, you know, Dan Aykroyd. I do. Well, I'm glad about Dan Aykroyd. That's fair. Uh, there's a podcast called The Last Podcast on the Left. And I think I've talked about it before, but they do kind of uh, they they get into true crime stuff and they get into paranormal stuff. Okay. And um, they had an interview opportunity, and so they sat down with Dan Aykroyd for an hour. Man, I mean, that guy knows what he's talking about. And it's great that he wrote Ghostbusters and, like, educated society on the definition of the word ectoplasm. Like, oh, that yeah. Didn't, that didn't really exist before his movie, you know what I mean? He He kind of snuck paranormal acceptance into modern pop culture by getting Ghostbusters to succeed. And it's interesting hearing him talk about that a little bit, but he mostly talks about his own personal experiences. Um, With, like, ghosts and stuff? Yeah, his grandfather actually got a, a photo of a ghost, and that's what inspired him to look for ghosts. And, um, like, actually, he refers to his grandfather as the first Ghostbuster. That's kind of cute. Um, I think his mom saw a UFO or something, and it's just, it's something that's always fascinated him, but he's such a smart guy, and he, like, he intelligently researches this stuff. But he has had a couple of really interesting encounters with things. A couple weird things you can't explain that he saw. But there was this one story about uh, a run-in with the Men in Black. That's like, it's kind of creepy. And I believe him wholeheartedly about this story. <laughs> it's a it's a really good interview. Cool. So if anyone out there doesn't already listen to last podcast on the left, look up that Dan Aykroyd episode. They talk a lot about vodka. And I suggest you you drink some vodka with them. Oh, that reminds me. Slipknot's partnering with the distillery in Iowa to do whiskey, which is cool. Except they're partnering with Cedar Ridge, and I've had their whiskey, and it's not very good. Ah. And so that was like a really big roller coaster of a thirty second thing that happened to me today when I was like, "Oh, that's neat." Oh, never mind. So, yeah, I don't know. Go drink some Slipknot whiskey too if you're in the mood. 
I was I was looking up um political cartoons on E621. Yeah, you sent you you sent me a a, a fucking just strange strange thing. Which one? Uh, maybe I sent you the wrong one. Uh, Luna and Cadence are tied up, and there is a <laughs> That's pony a- wearing a hijab with an AK forty seven. It deliberately looks like an like a an ISIS beheading video. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not, that's, I'm sure this was uploaded as a joke, but then, like, I'm reading the comments, and some of these people are, like, kind of. <laughs> I like this one comic, sacrifice ponies to Allah to get goats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that supposed to be Lyra? Um, yeah. Huh. That's so funny. What a what a what a fucking strange strange image, and then she, and then he's got like a human hand, right coming up with like a pointing a finger up like 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 goddamn Socrates, like there's some philosophy going on here. <laughs> Just such a someone made this, someone spent time on it. Do you ever look at stuff like this and be like, I could make really weird shit to put on E621? Oh yeah. I don't sit down and actually do it, but I've thought about, like, well, I bet I could do a funnier version of this that even pushes the envelope further. But there's no reason to, and I don't. I don't know, if you ever get bored. Oh, excuse me. Well, do you have any more closing comments, Chad? I apologize for all of the words I said tonight. Well, uh, there you go, everybody. I'm guessing most of them were stupid. It's opinions are cheap. Opinions are cheap. Opinions are cheap. Hooray! Woo. Hooray! Should yeah. we uh, call her good and play some Overwatch? Oh, yay. Alright, bye everybody. <coughs>